get the show on the road. Well, first I want to say thank you everyone for coming to reInvent. I love this week. It is inspiring, it's energetic, and I love hearing from customers and what you're building. And so it's a great week to learn, enjoy yourself, and just absorb a lot of information. My name is Bridget Johnson, and I am the product manager on the AWS Identity team. So anything and everything to do with IAM. Okay, so we're gonna spend the next hour talking about policies. We're gonna do some fun stuff in the console, and then we're gonna get a little nerdy with some JSON. So if you're not prepared for that, um, well, you can walk out or you can stay and learn about JSON. Uh, the other thing I want to call out is that we're not going to be going over the basics. So this does assume that you have played around with IAM. I'll call out some of it as I go, but there is some basics about like attaching policies, et cetera, that you should know about. Okay, so as I went to put together this talk, I had a little bit of an internal battle. And you may ask yourself why. I was like, hmm. This talk might be about 10 minutes long, and then we can all leave and go play blackjack. Sounds good, right? Um, and the reason I said that is, is I don't know if you're aware. Uh, you pr might be, because there was a lot of tweets about it, a lot of exciting tweets. But a couple weeks ago, we launched a new policy visual editor. And so this allows you to create and modify policies without having to write JSON. And it's pretty exciting. So I'm going to show that a little bit today, but I'm not going to jip you. Don't worry. We're going to be here for the full hour learning more. We're going to go deeper. Um, but I am going to start with what was presented last year in some other summits, presented by one of my coworkers, Jeff Weir. I can't make fun of him too much. He was my manager for three years. But um, we're going to start where he started with a fail policy. And this was the policy that he couldn't build easily when he did his demo and took the hour to explain. So we're going to start here. I'm going to show you how to use it in the visual editor, and then we're going to dive into some other fun stuff. All right, so this is the example. Limit Amazon EC2 instances to a certain type. So the goal is to only allow developers to launch with an instance type T2. Stop. Okay. We're going to try and create it in the, in the console here. And I'm going to start off with a demo, because everybody loves demos. And just letting you know, Demos are supposed to go wrong, so it may go wrong. For the purposes of my demo, I'm going to call this out. So I'm going to use Casey. Casey is our developer. Casey is my older brother. He's a little unruly, okay? So we need to make sure that throughout the talk, we only grant him permissions to exactly what we want. He will be in Firefox. All the actions he performs are when I'm in Firefox. I am the trusted sibling. I will be the admin. I will be in Chrome. I will be using the IAM console and other consoles to show you how to manage permissions. So if you are an admin or somebody on a central security team, you want to follow my best practice. If you're a developer, well, you can see what Casey does. But let's learn about policies. So let's follow this. All right, here we go. So I'm going to start off with Casey and Firefox. And I want you to point out that I can't even do anything. I refresh, can't even read the console. Okay, Casey has no permissions. We start with deny. I'm going to go and create a policy. Oh, that's the other thing. All right, so I'm going to create this policy because I want to allow Casey to launch instances of a certain type. Okay, so all I did was go to the IAM console. I'm going to create a policy. So this is the new editor. I'm going to show out some of my favorite parts, but we'll also dive into it a little bit more. All right. So I'm going to pick the service. One of my favorite parts, you can just type. Ooh, look at that. All right. Next is actions. Now we have um, separated the actions into groups for you. So we have access level. Um, I'm going to allow Casey list and read. He can't do much damage here with list and read. But I also need to allow him to launch instances. So I'm going to give him run instances. Okay. Second coolest part about the editor. Who's ever written in run instance policy, by the way? No one. OK. If you've ever tried, it's actually fairly difficult to do it by hand without reading the documentation. And the reason is, is because when you're launching an EC2 instance, EC2 actually validates several different resources, resource types. It says, are you allowed to call run instances against all of these? So for the purposes of this talk, 
uh, or for this demo, I'm actually going to say, here's all the actions that I just granted Casey actions, by the way. I'm actually going to say that Casey can launch with any image, with any instance, but we'll add a condition later, any key pair, network interface, placement group, security group, snapshot, subnet, and volume. If I wanted to, I could scope it down further. You could add an ARN, and it'll actually walk you through asking you for your region, account, and your volume ID. This is the information you have. Okay, so then you're asking, well, where does the T2 instance size come in, right? Okay, well, that's a condition. So I'm going to add a condition here. So I could add MFA or source IP, but I'm actually going to say, hey, maybe there's a condition for instance type. One of the other cool parts I like about this is it lists all the condition keys that are available. Before, we didn't have that. You'd have to go to documentation, and now it's right in the console for you. So we have instance type. I'm going to leave it, and I'm going to say string like. Why am I using like? Because I have a star in my uh, right-hand side. I'm going to choose if exists. Dive into why I choose this. But essentially, because I am I'm granting access to all those different resources, I only know instance type is available as, as metadata on the instance resource, not on the subnet, not on the volume. So I'm going to say only if that data is available, go check it for me with permissions. I'll type T2 star, click add. Okay, so this is our policy. I'm going to review it, and it will actually summarize it for me. Ooh. Oh, that's not good. I told you it was going to go wrong. Sorry about that, friends. Oh, man, I have to do it over again. All right. I'm going to blame the network on this one. <laughs> you can all laugh at me. You can tweet about me if you want. All right. I'm going to go super fast. I've already explained it. Does somebody want to call out what I'm going to do next? No? All right. I told you it was going to go wrong. There we go, there we go. Good thing I had my password saved so we didn't have to go find it. Okay. Well, now you're going to know this really well because we've done it twice. Here we go. Instance type. String like, if exists, T2. All right, add. Review policy. I'm going to give it a quick name new just because I have one already just in case things got broken. There we go. I do want to call out that it does this policy summary. So it gives you a little summary of what you created. Okay. Now I'm going to see. Oh, reload. I'm going to go over to Casey and I'm going to show you what Casey has. I've already attached some policies for Casey, just some other things. Things that I've attached for Casey, which I'll show you here in a second. Um, some S3 access, because we're going to play around with S3 later. Um, and I've also attached pass role. So this allows Casey, when he's launching instances, to pass a specific role. I hope you're all using roles for EC2, and it's a best practice to only allow developers to pass in specific roles that you grant access to. You should not grant pass role star. Write that one down if you're taking note on best practices. Um, you grant password star, most likely there's an admin uh, role in your account, and you don't want Casey to be able to launch EC2 instances with admin, right? Because he's a little unruly. All right, so I'm going to add permissions here. And I will click attach policy. And I'm going to choose my custom policy because I just created it. Remember the new one? All right, click next. I'm going to add this permission. Now I'm going to go back to Firefox and see what Casey can do. So what should he be able to do? Launch instances. T2. What else? What else? See everything. Who said that? Yeah. Good. Okay. So I'm going to refresh here. And I have a couple instances running. The network is a little slow. I'm wondering if I can change that real time. Here. Okay, so he can see my instances now. So I'm going to try to launch. I'm just going to 
50 instances to make it fast. Uh, I'm going to try to launch an It's going to happen. Unauthorized. Why? Okay. Is there a way to get landline for this computer? Because it's slow. All right. So I'm and I'm using this key pair. And I have the same role that I granted access to, so it's not that. And the launch failed, because it's M4. OK, I'm going to cancel. Which one should I try now? T2. All right, let's do it. All right, I'm going to launch more like this. I want to make sure there's no tags. I haven't given Casey any um, tag permissions yet. We'll talk about that later. I'm going to launch. Here we go. And winner. Okay? So you've just scoped that Casey can only use the T2 instance type family. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to go back to my presentation because I'm going to talk for a while and this guy can figure out this. So this is what we did. All right. Before we had a failure. When Casey was there first, we couldn't even see anything. He couldn't do anything. And he couldn't launch. And now we have a success. And I did that all in the console in a few minutes because the network was a little slow. And guess what? We're done. We can all go play blackjack. Yeah? All right, no, you all want to learn more. I know you do. I wouldn't do that to you. OK, so this is what we're going to do. So for all of you um, policy lovers out there, and I am one of them, I love policies and what they can do. And people think it's weird, and that's fine. Um, we're going to dive into the policy language. And so we're going to learn about the ins and outs, because we did not break up with JSON. We actually just put, gave him a little bit of a makeover on the front end, but he's still there on the back end. You could actually go to the JSON tab and see the, the, the generated JSON if you want to. Then it turns out, after we dive into the language and you learn about that and get comfortable with that, turns out that there is not only one type of policy. There are four. Um, we have organizations, we have uh, STS for temporary credentials, and we have policies attached to resources. And so I'm going to go through all four of those types. They all use the same language, that's why we're doing the language first. And then we're going to talk about how they work together. And you're going to get to see my artistic ability when it comes to PowerPoint. Next, we're going to go into the tools. So we looked at the visual editor, we're going to keep that. And then we're going to dive into policy summaries and how you can correct your existing policies. After that, I'm going to show you foo. And if you already know what the foo is going to be, I'll give, I'll give you brownie points. You can tell me later. Um, but it's pretty exciting, and it's something I've been wanting to talk about for a really long time, because turns out everyone uses them. Little hint. All right, let's go into the policy language. Policy language, JSON edited document. There are two parts. First is the defining part. That is your job. Your job is to define the policies, attach the policies, make sure that you've granted the permissions that you want. Make sure Casey can't go out in Vegas and do too much crazy stuff and come back and ruin AWS. Just kidding. Um, so you want to make sure it's scoped down. Second is the evaluation of policies. That's our job. Once you have the policies in place, we evaluate. Every API call that KC makes, we'll give an answer of yes or no, either access denied or allowed, just like I showed you before. But I'm going to show you what that logic looks like today so you understand when you're writing your policies. All right. Policies are a set of statements. You can have multiple policies, and they can have multiple statements. But a single statement should be a, a permission, right? a logical permission. It's JSON formatted document, and it contains four parts. We like to call it the PARC model. Principle, action, resource, condition. All right, we're going to go into each four of these one by one. But I want you to remember PARC. Principle. This is the entity that is allowed or denied access to the action, resource, and the condition that you have. If you take anything away from this slide, actually, there's going to be two things to take away from the slide, but the first one is when you're working with IAM policies, the principle is implicit because you attach the IAM policies to the user or role. So you don't need to specify a principle when you're working with IAM policies. In fact, you can't specify a principle. We will not let you. 
You will use principles when you're working with policies that are attached to resources. The most common is a bucket policy, right? So then you'd say, hey, I'm at this bucket, and Casey is allowed to write objects to it. This is the one, the second piece that I want you to leave with. This principle right here is pretty powerful. This is anonymous user. If you put this in your bucket policy, anyone can access your bucket. So please don't. Or if you're on a central security team, please audit for these. Um, and that's why granting the permission S3 put bucket policy is super powerful. You do not want to be giving out S3 star all willy-nilly. And I, one of my coworkers says that all the time. It drives me nuts, but it does the job to explain it, right? So this is one that I'm calling out specifically. If you give S3 star, you give S3 put bucket policy, and you give users the ability to put star in their bucket policy opening up into the world. Who has some cool stuff in their S3 bucket that they want to keep there? Yeah, I, I get these little hands. I want big hands. Um, so I'm going to call that out. OK, now that I've got off my soapbox, second one, you can specify an account. You trust any entity in this account access to this resource. An individual user. This is what we're going to use today with Casey. You can also a federated user, um, possibly fr coming from Google, or a specific role. Speaking of roles, I hope you're all using EC2 roles or roles for EC2. So that's when you launch an instance, you have a role. Well, EC2 assumes that role, and this is the principle. So if you want to grant access to the EC2 instance to a certain bucket, we're working with bucket policies through the slide, then that's it, right? Um, a lot of services have service principles. It's best to find them in their documentation. Or as you create roles through the console, you can see what's available. OK. Next part is actions. And actions is my favorite policy element. And I think it's weird that there's favorite policy elements. But think of all the AWS services out there. And then think of all the actions each service has. We have over 100. And then for each services, some like IEM have over 100 actions, right? And so this is where the visual editor comes into play, because you can actually select from a dropdown. Every policy statement must have an action or a not action. Not action is everything but. There's a lot of documentation on not action. I'm not going into too much detail because we have so many demos to go through. All right, so we have action EC2 start instances. You can grant that single action. Or I am change passwords, another example. Typically, there's a one-to-one -one mapping between the API call you are making and the action you are granting. There are some cases where it's a little bit different. Pass role is one of them. S3 get object, or you can make a list. And then finally, wildcards. You can say any action with the term access key in it. Does anybody know what this does rather than just a list of actions? What's different about it? I couldn't hear you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak, put words in your mouth. Let's assume that we, as I am, come out with a new API, and it has the term access key in it. Well, this person automatically gets that access, whether you wanted to or not, right? Because it's any current or future action that matches that pattern. So be careful with that. All right, resources. Same thing. This is the object or set of objects that are being executed on, that are being uh, run against. Right? And so with run instances, we saw that there were six or seven different types of resources that were being validated. Once again, you must have a resource or a not resource in your statement. It can look like this, a bucket, or all S3 buckets except this one. Many not resource, not action is everything but. A queue name. DynamoDB DB tables, instance, and don't forget to replace your account ID. With the visual editor, I showed you a little bit, but typically, we build the ARN for you. And all we ask that you provide is information that we don't know, which would be the region, the account, and the ID, or whatever name, the instance ID, the queue name, whatever it happens to be. All right? So you can use that to build your ARN, or you can go to the documentation and build that ARN. All right, this is my favorite part. Because somebody challenged me to include Santa Claus in my presentation, and I did it. And I did it with conditions. 
And yes, I'm one of those people who celebrates Christmas really early. Okay, and you can make fun of me for it, but. All right, so we want to restrict access to a time frame and IP address. So let's assume that I want to say, hey, Santa, you can bring me a present, but you can only do it on Christmas Day, and you got to come from the North Pole or my house. I don't know what he's putting in an S3 bucket with that constraint, but maybe it's a, a gift card or something there. Okay, so this is what it looks like. Date greater than, date less than, and IP range. When you read conditions, these are the two rules you should follow. When you are reading vertical, down, it's an and. When you're in the right side, it's an or. So if we were to read this in plain English, it would say, allow a user access to a resource under the following conditions. Anytime on Christmas Day, I put it in GMT time, but I, I moved it because I live in Seattle, and the West Coast is the best coast. Um, and so this is the time frame, and oh wait, the IP must come from what, uh, the IP address must come from one of these two places. So luckily, hopefully, Santa will put something in my S3 bucket because I have granted him permissions to do so. Okay, and all of them must be met to be true. If you want an or, if you want, hey, either before this time or after this time, or from this IP address, if you want one to be true, you would break this out into separate statements. So you would have a statement with condition one, a statement with condition two, and statement with condition three, and that would make a logical or. All right, I was all sinking, got that? Got that covered? Park model, principle, action, resource, condition? All right, good. Policy enforcement, this is the second part. This is what we do, but I need you to understand it. So first, we start at a deny. Casey, with no policies, has zero permissions in AWS. He will fail every call he makes unless you as an admin attach something to him. So the decision starts at a deny. I need you to remember that, okay? Then, AWS, we go and collect all the policies all of them that are applicable. So the IAM policies, the policies for groups that Casey's a member of, um, policies on the resource that Casey's trying to access, organization policies, we, we literally take them all and evaluate them. And only if there is an allow that matches do we say yes. So the first question is, we evaluate all the policies. So we got them all. Then is there an explicit deny? Pro tip number two, deny always trumps allow. So even if there is allow star dot star, but there is a deny, the deny will win, okay? So be very careful when you use them, um, but they are very powerful. So is there an explicit deny on the action Casey's calling with the resource in the condition? If the answer is yes, then Casey's done. No access. All right. Maybe you didn't write a deny. Sometimes they're, they're hard to kind of understand. So is there an allow? If the answer is yes, then we let Casey through. Casey can launch that instance with T2. If there is no explicit allow, what happens? Deny. Casey's done, right? Do not pass go. OK, so you might be wondering what are all of these policies? Because I've just been rambling about the four different types. Yeah? You're like, oh, oh, there's more than I am policies? All right, yeah, there are. So I'm going to explain to you. It's not just I am policies. These are the four types of policies that use the I am policy language, the language we just talked about with the park model. You have AWS organizations, which allows you to have multiple accounts and group those accounts into organizational units, also known as OUs. Now we realize that you're growing, and you have a large number of accounts, and that number of accounts is growing. So we encourage you to use organizations to help you manage and control those accounts. With organizations, you can put on a service control policy. And that allows you to control which services that account can use and actions. Next, we talk about IAM policies. That's what I demonstrated earlier. We have two types. Inline policies, they stay with the user or role. 
they, they are part of that entity. You cannot go attach that inline policy to another. With managed policies, you create a managed policy and you can go attach it to users and roles and groups and do whatever you want with that single policy. Next, we have AWS Security Token Service. service. This is our temporary credential service. You can request least privileged credentials. Um, and we find that customers write general roles that multiple people assume, and then you can use a down policy during the assume roll call to further scope that down. So one example is that there might be S3 access to 10 buckets, and during the assume roll call, you're only using a policy that has um, access to five of those buckets. And then finally, we have AWS-specific services. So the most popular is the S3 bucket policy. They're also on queues. They're on vaults. They're, you'll find them throughout AWS. It's a policy on a resource. So you're like, wow, that is a lot of different types of policies using a lot of different types of access across AWS. How do they work together? We're going to go through that. Oh, that was organizations skipping over that. OK, why would you use? Each one. So with organizations, this is to put guardrails on your account. I'm going to pick on Ron, who was my office mate for a while. Um, he owns directory services, right? You may not want directory, anyone in your account to use directory services. Why? Who knows? You, maybe you just don't like Ron. Um, and so you will deny access to directory services. Or maybe there is a new service that comes out. I don't know. We tend to do that every now and then. And so you want to be able to say, hey, I haven't approved this service yet. I'm going to deny it for now, and I'll open it up later. So those are the guardrails. Then you have IAM. This allows you to set granular permissions based on functions. We talked about this already. All the actions, resources, this comes into play with IAM policies. Scope down policies reduce general shared permissions further. Think of a general role and then using scope down policies to scope it further for each session. And then finally, we have AWS um, resource-based policies. And these are for cross-account access, so if you're allowing cross-account, um, or you just want to control access at the resource. Sometimes you do have uh, resources that um, you just want to say, hey, nobody but Bridget can touch this. Nobody but that most trusted person can touch this. All right, so this is how they work together. And here's my, my art project. So let's start with the service control policies. Now, by default, if you're in organizations, you have an allow star.star. That does not grant everyone access, full access to your account. All it says is that all services and actions within AWS are allowed as long as they have the IAM permissions. So this is on the left side. So this door has to be open. So if this door is open, it says allow S3 put bucket policy. There's probably a long list, honestly. Once that door is open, Casey still doesn't have access. We have to go to the other policies to actually get a yes or no answer. So we look at his IAM policies, and we take the union of the managed policies and the inline policies. So any policies that live with just Casey, and any policy that's attached to Casey that may be attached to other users as well. Now let's just say Casey's a role for just really hot minute. All right, so we take the scope down policy, and then we take the intersection of that. So that is the IAM permissions right there, uh, that intersection. OK, we're missing one. What's left? I didn't lose you already, didn't I? Did I? What's left? Resource-based policies. I heard it from the back. Thank you for being loud. All right, so we have resource-based policies. Within an account, this is a union. So if either the IAM policies, if they end with the scope down, grants it, or the resource-based policy scopes it, then it is allowed. And the SCP has to be there. All right, this is within an account. It changes for cross-account. I'm going to let you know that in a second. All right, what happens if that door is closed? Denied. You're done. These policies don't even matter. You can give Casey start at star, but still he will not be able to put an object. Nobody in the account will, including root. Make sense? All right. So you want to be careful about what you put in your SCP, because it's pretty powerful. All right. Now, 
This is the same image when we had in the same account, but it's for a cross account, and there's one difference. You take the resource-based policy that was a union, and it's going to become an intersection. Okay? So that means that for a cross account, Casey has to have the access both in his account from IAM perspective, as well as from the other account, from a resource-based policy. If you don't want to mess with resource-based policies, make Casey assume a role in the other account, and then he assumes all the permissions of that role. All right, that was a lot, wasn't it? Should we look at some examples to help you out? Yeah? Okay. So this is how I set it up. I have a master account. I have dev, stage, and prod. We're mainly going to be working in dev. But I've put, in, I've put those three accounts in an OU, and I slap this SCP on it. All right, so there's allow startup star. So we're saying, hey, full access. But wait, I don't want directory services, because remember, we don't like Ron. Um, and then two, I haven't approved Amazon Poly yet. So I want to make sure that I, I do some due diligence before I open the gates for that, my developers. And then three, I'm actually going to deny access to stop CloudTrail logging. Why? Because CloudTrail should be turned on. You as the admin have turned it on, and you don't want Casey to turn it off. Casey also has S3 access to read a specific bucket, and I accidentally granted him stop CloudTrail. This is what the policy looked like. This is SCP. So you can see this, I'm denying. Here's my poly, all actions in poly, current and new. Directory services, current and new, and then this CloudTrail stop logging. Don't forget that we've also allowed star.star. .star. This actually does not grant any access. You need to remember that. So here's the access for Casey. I gave him get object and list object from my bucket. Any, anywhere in the bucket, it's dev. He can play around. And then I also gave him some read. And I gave him a, another policy. I tried to give him read access to CloudTrail. And unfortunately, I accidentally clicked the stop logging button. Okay, so I want you to tell me what happens when I do this demo. So I'm Casey. I'm going to go to the CloudTrail. Oh, no, you all saw my, my preparedness. You're going to get the answer right away. Um, and I'm going to try to stop CloudTrail. Why does Casey want to stop CloudTrail? Well, he's in Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? So let the Casey's like, eh, I don't really want any of this recording. I'm going to continue. And look, what do we get? Denied. All right. OK, so that's the first one. I'm going to go through this again. Really easy. Why was that there? That was the SCP backstop. I didn't want anyone in the account to turn off CloudTrail. And so I didn't let anybody, even though I accidentally gave him permission. We have denied. OK, next one is Casey reads an object from a bucket. I'm going to use the command line for this just because it'll go a little faster. So I have Casey set up. Oh, no, you can't see that. Um, I have Casey set up on the command line. I am going to try to read. And I don't know if you can read this. Is that too small? But basically, it says, get object from the policy ninja dev bucket. And I'm going to try to download this picture called Nerf Attack. You can all see what it is when I, if I get it. Answer? Yes, no? Quick. Yes, yes, yay! We've learned something. There it is. All right, so I've downloaded it. And let's see what we get. Yep, that's me. We had a Nerf gun fight. Awesome. That's what I do at work. OK, so next one up. And you all get to see my amazing cheat slides. Casey adds an object to the same bucket. Will he be able to? I already gave you the answer. You better know this. All right. Why won't he be able to? Speak louder. I can't hear you. What? No put. I love that. OK, so there's no put. And won't be able to. What can I do to fix this? I could change his IAM policy. What else could I do? I could add the resource-based policy. Why? Because it's a union. OK, so I'm admin Bridget. I'm actually going to change this bucket policy. Let's reload this here. 
And I'm going to change it from Larry because I just wanted to make sure it was there. And I'll show you what it looks like. I'm going a little, here's the S3 console, here's the bucket policy. I don't want this to be star, so I'm going to edit it, and I'm going to change it from Larry to Casey. Now, if you look at this, can everyone see that, or do you want me to show it on the slide? All right, let me, uh, I'll show it on the slide just to, okay. So he cannot um, add a bucket. So now I'm adding this S3 bucket policy, and it's going to allow put object for Casey. And this is what it looks like. Now we've added the principal. Why did we add the principal? Because we're on a resource. The principal is not implicit here. So we added the principal, and I labeled it Casey. And I gave put bucket object, or put object, not put bucket, and I, and I specified it to that resource. All right, so let's see what happened. What's going to happen? Save this. Whoa. I didn't want that. Okay. I'm going to make the same call. Put, put object on this bucket. Yes? All right. Now, what happens if I have that same bucket policy on a different account? You do have to change the account number. That was a good one. What else? Yes. It's denied because there is, um, it's the intersection now, right? And so we're going to try it. I'm not putting it on the stage account. I'm actually putting it, I wish I could make this bigger. I'm putting it on the, or I'm not putting it on the dev account. I'm putting it on the stage account for Casey. Okay. And it's denied. The only way to fix this is to give them that access in the IAM policies as well. I'm going to show you really quickly what the orgs looks like. Um, here's my organizational unit. If I click on it, I have these accounts, stage, prod, and dev. And I can click on service control policies. And you can see here, I have the full have this unapproved service. If you go to policies, you can see each one. I don't want to delete that policy. So this is how you can go make your multi-account setup and then deny these, this access. All right. So we did it in the same account. Then I added the bucket policy, and it was not allowed. Recap time. All right. So. We've reviewed the language. You all fall, fell in love with JSON, right? Yeah? No? Not yet? OK. We'll get there. Um, we reviewed how policies work together. Now we're going to go into tools. Two tools. These are really the only two you need anymore. But there are others if you want to talk about them. Policy summaries. So if you have existing policies out there, if you go to the console, you will get to see uh, a list of the services and actions that your policies grant access to. And we've actually divided them up into four different groups. So first is list. List is the existence of a resource. You cannot see the content. It is the existence. Read is the contents of the resource. Casey can view what's inside the object. He gets to see that picture. Rather than that the picture exists, he gets to see what's inside of it. Write is the broadest bucket. Okay, And so write is any mutating call. Any mutating call falls under write. So that's start, stop, that's create bucket, that's leap bucket, all of those mutating calls. And permissions is a special one we broke out, and this allows you to grant permissions. So if you're going policies, maybe you're on a security team and you're doing some auditing, poking around, and you see stuff in this permissions, make sure that that's a trusted user. Casey should not have access. He's not trusted. He's my older brother. Um, the coolest part is that you get to show remaining services so, and actions. So if you're like, hey, wait a second. I thought I gave like, all read actions to Casey. Oh, wait, maybe you didn't. Maybe you only gave four out of five. Right? And then finally, if you have errors in your policies, hold on one second, then show it. Yes, question. 
There are not resource-based policies for EC2. Resource-based policies are only for certain services. Okay. Let me grab your question at the end, because that's actually probably a good blanket statement. Let me grab all questions at the end, just because I want to make sure we get through all of this. I apologize. I'll get you, though. We'll, we'll talk at the later. Green shirt. Gotcha. Okay. So visual editor, we have create and modify IAM policies. Um, you can select from a list of services. I showed you that by typing. You can select from a list of available actions. I showed you that. Cool feature I didn't show you is that you can click on the service and click on the action, and we'll pop up some documentation and tell you what it actually does. Super fun. Um, then you understand the resources that you can break down. I do want to call out that when you have an action, and resources, they must match. That action must validate those resources. You can't give EC2 stop instances with resource as a bucket or resource as a security group, right? You need to be able to scope it down. Uh, they must match. And you can look at the documentation or use the visual editor for it. Also love the list of available conditions. And then you can easily include dependent actions. So if you've ever written a policy for directory services, you may know that it also includes some actions from EC2. And now we're going to say, hey, guess what? You might need these actions as well because they're dependent on each other if you're actually going to perform this task in directory services. So that's one of my favorites. And then importing existing policies to modify. So what I'm going to do is I have an existing policy that enables developers to use the EC2 console to start and stop and terminate instances with a specific tag. We're starting to talk about tags today, so here we go. It doesn't work. And why doesn't it work? Well, the console told me it doesn't work. So I'm going to use the summaries as well as the editor to go and fix it. I'm going to show you a policy. If you're a ninja, you'll be able to point out four errors. All right, so this is the policy. It does not work. Do not copy this policy. So you have EC2 describe on a security group. All right, that might not work. You have some access to read stuff over here. You have resource star. And then I'm saying, hey, you can only do start and stop instances with uh, this crazy tags project equals poker. All right. So let's try it. Oops, I gave you a little heads up. All right, so I'm going to go to admin. I'm going to go to my policy. I am going to go to manage instances with tag, because that's what we're doing. And look, there's an error. I'm like, well, what? Why is there an error in my policy? So I'm going to edit the policy. And I'm going to go through each one of the warnings. OK, so we have auto scaling. Looks like I have a typo. Yeah? All right. So I'm going to remove that and just be like, OK, let me add that permission again, make sure I get it right. And we'll use my favorite feature here to do auto scaling. And then I had describe actions there, so I'm going to do list and read here. OK? So that error is fixed. What's the next error? I did describe star, and it says, oh, on a security group. The actions in your policy do not support resource level permissions and require you to choose all actions. Turns out you need all resources for describe calls, typically. All right, so that one's done. Last two. Do you all want me to show Casey failing with the tag? Or do you believe me that he can't do it right now? You believe me? OK. I'm trusted, remember? Thank you. All right, so then I said crazy tags equals project. And I'm actually going to remove this and add it, because obviously I was probably had a couple too many drinks when I created that one. Um, and here we go. So I'm going to say um, the resource tag. Resource tag and request tag are very different. I'm going to talk about it. The tag key is project. The tag operator is string equals. And I'm actually going to put in blackjack, because I'm giving Casey blackjack and poker access. That's spelled right. Add, review policy, no errors. Good job, Bridget. I'm good admin. And then we'll save it. I already have this one attached to Casey, so I don't need to attach it anymore. So I'm going to go over to Casey. 
go to the EC2 console. We were just launching some consoles, so I'll view the instances. And I'm going to find one with blackjack. I think it's the second one. Oh, that's poker. This one is stuck, that's why. All right, so do you see this? Can I move it up here? There we go. So this is an instance, and it's tagged with project equals back. I'm going to try to start it. What's my answer? I can start it. Okay, if I took this one with no tag, or I took this one with poker, I won't be able to. Error denied. Okay. Pretty easy in the console. I did forget to add terminate instances. Um, you add that action, it will work just the same. So we found four issues. One was a typo in our service, the ADU scaling, the mismatch of describe star with only security groups. Condition key not supported, crazy tags went to resource tags, and then missing action. I forgot to add terminate instances, but you all trust me, so we can add that in there. Okay, so recap. Is, that star is messed up, but we've done the IAM policy language, how policies work together. Policy tools. I highly suggest you go play around with summaries and the editor. It will, it will help with a lot of what you're building out there, but if you want to get into some foo moves, let's go into some ninja, all right, with EC2. We're going to talk about JSON. We're going to be looking at more JSON, so get prepared. Tags on EC2. How many people use tags? Oh, love it. Okay, so tags are great. I'm going to, they are metadata on your resource, custom metadata. They are key and value pair. You can use them to describe, um, to, Discover your resources, organize your resources, cost allocation, and access control. Super cool, right? Um, and I've been wanting to talk about this for a while because you see EC2 does it, RDS also does it, S3 has done it for objects. Um, notice a trend, right? More coming. So this is what, as an admin, you need to know about with tags and access control. One is you can control how users can add a tag. Maybe you don't want Casey to tag all willy-nilly. Maybe you only want him to tag when he launches those new instances. You can do that. You can also control which tags users can use and create. So you can say, hey, Casey, you can tag with project, but you can't go and tag with um, stage equals prod. Don't do that, please, while you're in Vegas. Not cool. And then you can control which resources users can tag. Hey, Casey, you can flip your project tag from blackjack to poker all you want. I don't care. But you cannot go and take the slots and change the tag to blackjack. It just doesn't work like that. And then finally, which we already did, control access to resources based on tags. So this is, hey, you can start and stop instances only if it has this tag. And we just did that. All right, so I'm going to spend the next 11 minutes talking about these three. This is how we're going to do it. So the goal is to allow Casey to launch instances only if he specifies a project tag with values blackjack or poker, okay? He must specify these values. He will not be able to launch the instance if he does not specify. If you're using tags for cost allocation, if you're using tags for any type of auditing, this is a great policy to have in your back pocket because it means every instance is going to be tagged with what you want. All right, so we're going to break this up into three parts. One, we're going to say Casey can add tags when he launches and only when he launches. Two, we're going to require specific tags when he does instant launch. We're going to require the project tag. And then finally, we have allow, we're going to allow Casey to go change stuff after he launched, but in a very, very small window, because we don't want him to go crazy. All right, so this is the policy to create tags with run instances. So this only says, hey, Casey, you can create tags, right? There you go. 
But you can only do it when you're calling run instances. He can't go to the list of instances. He can't change the tags. He can only do it when he's creating new instances. So that's permission number one. He has to be able to create tags in a certain thing. This context key, by the way, over here in this condition, super awesome. There's others out there that you can, um, I think create volume also has it. So go, go look at your options out there. Does that sink in? All right, you're all JSON readers, I got it. So this is the foo part. This is the old policy we had at the beginning, okay? We said, hey, here's your T2 micro. Uh, T2, we did use micro, for instance. These matched. I used if exist in this case because I know that, hey, the instance type only applies to this instance. And if it were to check this condition for volume, it would fail. We wouldn't have a match, and therefore the policy would not work. All right, so now that I'm adding additional context keys and conditions, I break this up into two statements. Why do I do that? Well, instance now needs to be alone, and it needs to be alone because I can't use if exists anymore. Why can't I use if exists anymore? I can't use it because I want to make sure that Casey has a tag. And if I use if exists, if he passes in no tags, then the instance doesn't get tagged and he'll still be able to launch it. And that would drive admins nuts. Like absolutely nuts to have a bunch of rogue instances launched by Casey in Vegas with no tags, right? Not cool. So I'm breaking this out into two separate statements. So I can say, hey, for the instance, we're gonna go and require all these conditions. I'm gonna dig into them. Does that make sense why I broke that out? I can't use if exists anymore, and if I just took it away, then it would try to validate the tag or any of these conditions on all these resources where they may or may not apply. Okay, so this is what this policy does. The first condition says, Casey can tag with project or name. He has two options. However, he must tag with project, and notice this um, request tag. This is a tag you're adding to, uh, adding to the, the resource. He must have project tag, and it must be one of these two values. You can make that list as long as you want if you're modifying for this drone. Okay, and wait, it still has got to be in the, the T2 micro. I added a size so we could use string equals um, before I had string like just to keep it condensed and you could actually read the policy I'm going to let that sink in for a little bit. So allows the project and name, so Casey can actually go and tag with name with whatever he wants, but it, he has to have project and it has to be one of those two values. All right, we ready? So I am going to show you, I'm Casey right now. And he doesn't have any permissions to launch instances with tags. He doesn't even have any to add. And so I could change this to blackjack. And I get access denied. I could try to launch an instance like this. And because he doesn't have these permissions, he's actually going to get access denied. So let's go fix Casey. I already prepped those policies I showed you because I knew we were going to run out of time. Um, and you'd have to copy and paste that JSON into the JSON editor. So I'm going to take this one out because we have a new and improved one. And I'm going to add permissions. Okay. So first I'm going to allow Casey to create tags with run instances. And then I'm going to or launch instances with a tag, and then also make sure he can actually tag during run instances. Okay. And if you want to take a look at it, it is right here. You can always look at the JSON. That's the create tag. And we'll go from there. Okay, so let's go play. What do you want me to try? But I can't hear you. You guys got to speak up louder. All right. So I'm going to try. Let's just launch more like this. 
I'm going to try to create add tag project oops there we go project equals slots Casey's playing the slots tonight by the way I won $30 in blackjack last night I'm very proud of myself it's my goal to beat my all-time high which is 150 okay so I'm going to review and launch what's the answer Failure. All right, well, let's try again. Right? What else? What should I change it to? Someone's got a favorite game. All right, can I do this? No, no. Okay, can't do this either. Okay. But what can I do? I mean, we can try it, but what can I do? Oh, name. All right. Someone give me something fun. What? I can't hear you. <sighs> All right, fine. Yeah? Winner. Do you want me to try to launch without a tag? All right, I'll do that for you. Because this is every admin's nightmare, right? Is you have all these instances that aren't tagged. I see you nodding your head. Oh, I know what you're talking about. All right, so here we go. Launch more like this. This doesn't have any tags. And I launch, and I can't. Casey can't launch unless he specifies a project tag. How cool is that? Um, okay, so now we have one more policy, and I have three minutes to go through it. How do I let Casey update tags on existing? So maybe he launched something in Blackjack and was like, oh no, that was supposed to be poker, and be able to change it. Or, oh, hey, it's not I'm hungry, maybe it's I'm full, right? He wants to change that name tag. Um, so we're going to let him do that using create tags. But this time, we're going to say, hey, Casey, you can only tag instances that are already tagged poker or project equals poker, and you can change the name. If you try to change the name of something else, you won't be able to. And this is what the policy looks like. It gets a little more complicated. Okay, first condition says only tag resources with these tags. Okay, so resource tag. When you read resource tag, you need to, in your head, translate tag on an existing instance. Existing should bing, ping, ping in your head. So that says you can only tag with resources with these tags. The next says you can tag with either project or name. I don't care. However, if the project tag exists, you can only use blackjack or poker. And this uses the request tag. When you see request tag, you need to think new tag. This is something new. I'm changing. It's different. I'm requesting it. So in plain English, this is allow users to create tags on resources tagged with project equals blackjack or project equals poker. And if they use project, it must be blackjack or poker. Does that make sense? So you're giving Casey a very narrow window. But that name is his freedom. He can put whatever he wants. All right, so that's the policy. I'm actually going to hope that you trust me because I only have one minute. I want to get through one more thing. Um, but use this policy, go be Casey, try to play around. You're, he's probably really frustrated because he can't, he can't add slots. I don't know, I don't play slots, but blackjack, yes. Okay, congratulations. You are now a certified ninja. This is not real, by the way, but <laughs> it is the ninja class. And one more thing. So additional resources. I'm going to make my spiel the AWS security blog. We have people from ProServe, customer support, product managers, um, solution architects, all writing content for this blog. And we have an amazing individual making sure that that content is good and great for all of you. And so we launch new features here. We, we, um, we talk end-to-end -end solutions, how-tos, you name it. It's up there. Um, so please follow the blog. And then other sessions. Uh, this is how you can use identity services to be successful in your cloud journey. It's my big boss giving that one, so 
tell them how well I did. Just kidding. Um, credentials, 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 oh my, um, by Quint. He's got a nice southern draw, so he's really nice to listen to and also an amazing speaker. And then how Capital One uses AWS organizations. I just barely went on the tip of organizations today. You want to learn more? Anders, I throw things at him all the time. He sits across from me. He's a great speaker. I picked these based on humans that spoke. There's also great sessions. Have an amazing reInvent, and thank you so much. And I will be up here. Oh, wait, one more thing. I will be up here for a little bit until they kick me out. And then um, I will be at the security lounge tomorrow. And it's like right down there. So come talk to me. I'd love to talk policies with all of y'all. Thank you.